Welcome to Plugged In, a podcast by OREMC about our co-op, our community, and our shared connections. I'm Michelle Hutchins, your communications and marketing coordinator, and today we are talking about right-of-way. Right-of-way is the space alongside a road, through the woods, along a swamp, or even down the main street of your town where power lines and other utilities run their wires and the poles. Um, Maintaining access to right-of-way, keeping those the wires clear of trees is a key component to minimizing the number of outages and helping to facilitate restoration efforts when we do have an outage. So here to talk about the importance of our right-of-way program and how it works and explaining a little more in detail is our right-of-way coordinator here at ORMC, Roger Sloan. Hey. Welcome, Roger. Glad to be here. So talk a little bit about a typical right-of-way. What, what is it? Normally, uh, and it depends, it depends on the, on the line. Uh, a lot of it's got to do with distance. If it's beside the highway, it may be different than, than it would be in a neighborhood. But most of the time, it's a 30-foot right-of-way. Uh, it's 15 feet both sides of the power line, um, and that's ground to sky. That's what we like to do. We, uh, we like to trim from the ground to the sky so that you've got a wide-open space for the power line. Because typically, well, in a utopian situation, you know, our, our crews and bucket trucks are going exactly. to be able to travel through that right away. That's right. That's right. And you want it, you want it as, as accessible as possible um, whenever you can. Sometimes you have to go cross country and, and it's, uh, it's a little difficult. But a lot of times we try and to get it out by the road, mm-hmm. keep, it, keep it by the road, whether it be a dirt road, a paved road, um, on the shoulder, wherever. Now, kind of looking back historically, I mean, we first started building lines on the ORMC system in 1939. So a lot of our right-of-ways are well-established. That's right. Um, And so if we have upgraded lines, we typically use an existing Mm, right-of-way. But there are times when we need to move a right-of-way. That's correct. So talk talk about why we do that and what is the impetus behind it. Well, a lot of times it uh, most of the time, it's a, it's reliability. Um, if you can get it out of the woods and get it out by the road, it's so much easier to maintain, not just for me to maintain the right-of-way, but for the line crews to do the work when there is a power outage versus it, it just shortens up the time period that, that the lights are out. Right. And that is our goal. Yes. I mean, well, I guess ultimately our goal is zero, right. but as we often talk about Mother Nature, Father Time, those things yeah. are, are, are kind of beyond our control. So right. it's more about how do we experience the fewest number of outages affecting the fewest number of people for the shortest amount of time. And maintaining our rights away is a key component it of that. It is very, very important. Um, if, we can, if we can establish that 15-foot, um, because we, we most of the time are on a four- to five-year cycle. Just to clarify, is that we are covering the entire system about every four years or so. That's what we shoot for. That's what we shoot for. And that varies sometimes. I mean, we're talking about 30, 3,600 miles of power line. That's a, that's a big task. Now, um, like we said, a lot of our right-of-ways have well-established for a long period of time. There are some newer ones. We, we, we're to the point of moving right away. That's something we're doing out on US-1 down in Florida right That's now. Right. But talk to me about what goes into maintaining the right-of-way. Well, it depends on the location. 
If it's out by the road, uh, if it's in a yard, most of the time it's done with a bucket truck. Uh, if it's out maybe side of 82, out here beside the highway, mm -hmm. uh, where there's not a lot of houses, where a machine can get, we have a giraffe machine that comes in and does a mechanical trimming. Mm -hmm. uh, a tractor comes in behind it, mulches the limbs. Mm -hmm. And, of course, on that same crew is a ground crew that, you know, cleans around poles and um, guy wires and cuts vines and things like that. So, yes, it... Um, and that, the, the giraffe is that kind yeah. of funny-looking long art thing yeah. with a circular That's right. saw on That's the right. End. It's got a saw on the end that reaches about 60, 65 feet. And uh operator sets up in the cabin and... Uh, Looks like something you see in the logging woods, but he sets up in the cabin and, and trims trees all day. Okay. And so, because four or five years of growth can be pretty significant then, I take oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, you can trim, you know, we can go out and trim six miles of right away and miss one tree, and that one tree can cause a major power outage. And I'm, I'm assuming a lot of times it's something like a very old oak. Yes. Or... Or yeah. a shade tree of some kind that's, that's right. been there for a long time. That's and, right. Uh, you know, we certainly understand that, yeah. you know, there is affinity for that. And, and I mean, that is everywhere. I mean, obviously, you know, people have trees for, for reasons. That's but right. we also know people, not just in that location, but down the line, right. want their power to stay on. And, and it's, it's, not just, um, it's not just the side trimming. It's the, the, the ground brush. Um, you know, you got to you want to keep that ground brush down. Um, number one, to make it accessible, because when uh, when the crew comes in to trim the trees, or when the power goes out, that line crew's got to get in there. Maybe they got to get that truck down that right away mm -hmm. to a certain pole to get your lights back on, and it's growed up. And they got to call a right away crew, or they got to call somebody to come in and cut trees down before they can get in there. Uh, it makes the outage a lot longer. Yeah. So the cleaner the right of way, the better it is for everybody. Um, it is, you know, for the line crews, for the right of way crews, or for anybody that has to go go down the right of way. Well, and and I think that's a, a key point that safety is one of the biggest yes. reasons. Yes. You know, I, I mean, we often tell children, um, you know, in safety education programs that that trees and power lines don't mix. That's right. You know, so the same, that is a very true foundational principle for just delivery of power and the safety of our line crews who go out to restore power should the need need right. arise. They don't want to be encumbered um, by, by limbs that don't necessarily need to be there or shouldn't be there in an effort to keep that right away clear. Well, think about the, the undergrowth. If you've got trees growing under the power line and you're topping trees, most of the time you cut them back, you're going to be back before that four-year cycle to top them trees again. Mm -hmm. Well, think about the little kid that comes out and decides to climb that tree. If it's up into that, you know, if it's up close to that power line, it's, then someone can get hurt. Right. Uh, and we definitely don't want that. Absolutely. So I know there's the what people usually see is like you said the the crews in the bucket trucks doing the manual trimming with That's right. with, with chainsaws or clippers or or whatever and then if it's out by a, a roadway or further off the road but in a very accessible area to be the giraffe the mechanical mm -hmm. trimming um, but then you talk a lot about the 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 ground the ground mm -hmm. vegetation That's i mean right. the phase 2 of all that is typically 
you know, you, you cut it and then you kind of come back and check it out. And then we look at managing the ground vegetation. Right. Is that, I don't remember, is that six months, a year out? From- Most of the time, and, and it depends. It depends on the growth. Uh, and some areas it grows faster. Mm-hmm. You know, it may grow faster here and then three miles down the road in a little wetter area, it might grow two times that, that amount. I gotcha. So so it, it does vary. But overall, we try to get to a happy medium uh, with our vegetation management on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's two. It depends. Now, one of the things you and I have talked about before is obviously, you know, that big open space. We we do live in rural Southeast Georgia and Northeast mm-hmm. Florida. So, you know, a lot of people have their buggies and their forerunners right. and, you know, four-wheelers. And that would tend to lend itself to being a really cool space to maybe run around. But as you and I have talked about, really the key is stay out of the right-of-way. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's more in the, there's more in the right-of-way than just light poles. you got guy wires. Um, Which are there's also, support wires. And most of the time you find phone pedestals and things like that that's in our right-of-way. Because the, the other utilities use use our right-of-way a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just dangerous. It's just dangerous when, when folks get in the right-of-way. Because they get hung in a guy wire. You know, they run one of them big old buggies into the guy wire. And Explain what a guy wire is. It's when a pole has angle on it. There'll okay. be a down guy. There'll be a wire hooked to the top of the pole, and it'll come down to, to an anchor, anchor, it, to anchor, anchor it to the ground. Yes. Okay. So we've all seen those. That's right. And if you're not really paying attention, you could run into exactly. one, and that's not a good thing. No, it's not. You know, many of our, our right-of-ways are, are very old. They do yes, date they back are. to, you know, when we first started building lines back in, in the late 30s. Um, and then we had a fairly good... Um, growth period in That's the right. 70s and 80s. And you and I have talked about the fact that today we we work with, with uh, tree contractors to, to manage our right-of-way. Right. But it used to be just about anybody that came to work at the co-op mm-hmm. outside um, worked the right-of-way crew. Yep. Talk about that a little bit. It was, um, it, was a, it was something that had to be done. You know, we, we had to have a right-of-way crew. Uh, but at the same time, I think it, it gave the company a chance to find out if these young men uh, really wanted to work here because it was really hard work. And you uh, started that way I as did. well. Yes. I started back in the 80s mm-hmm. on the right-of-way crew and uh, started out dragging limbs and feeding them in a chipper and chopping down bushes with a bush axe. And, uh, you know, but but I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. I'm kind of proud of the, that I got the chance to do that because it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about work and, of course, a lot about right-of-way. But, uh, yes, it was uh, – back then it was – we had two buckets and two tractors, and we covered the whole system. And uh, it was a big task. Um, the system, admittedly, has grown some since then. Yes. But still it was yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, that's still a lot compared to now when we were trying to get that on that four- to five-year rotation. Mm-hmm. And we looking at about 35 men. 35 contractors and a lot of equipment. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's the biggest change is some of the mechanical equipment that's available today that's right. as well as the fact that we have more people on the job focused yes. on that. Yeah. The, the, the mechanical and, and, and the fact of being able to manage the vegetation better. Um, the equipment's better than what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've made a lot of changes. OREMC's made a lot of changes in getting these power lines out of the woods and out of the swamps and out by the road. And that just makes the re- the reliability so much better, so much easier for everybody. The Whether reliability and the accessibility. Accessibility. <laughs> it, it, that's what it's all about. Uh, 
that that outage can be cut sometimes in half. If you can get the equipment to it, you can you can get it done and get the lights back on. If it's down in the woods and you got to tote your tools and get all down in there, it gets it gets pretty nasty and it gets pretty lengthy. Well, we we do we do have quite a bit of swamps surrounding we do. us. Yes, we do. So I know that you can't always run a bucket into the That's swamp. Um, I guess one of the the other things you talk about a little bit because of where we are and that timber is one of the big mm-hmm. um, agricultural money makers in, in yes. our part of the world. You know, we have a lot of tall pine trees. That's true. Uh, in both Florida and Georgia. <laughs> um, so you can do diligent right-of-way um, maintenance, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that sometimes out of that 30-foot span or that 15 feet on either side, there isn't that rogue tree or that mm-hmm. danger tree, I believe, is what That's you true. have called. Talk, talk to me about that a little bit. Well, a lot of people think a danger tree is a tree that's dead. If it's dead, it's going to fall. Eventually, it's going to fall. But uh, danger trees also green trees. You find green trees with scars on them. A lot of your pine trees have big cankers, big scars, <laughs> big heavy limbs, heavy tops, heavy leans, things like that. And sometimes you have to weigh that option when you look at that tree and say, well, you know, it's been there for 30 years and it's held up this long. Is it really Is it really worth the the time and the effort to try to get this tree down. It depends a lot on the power line and the load and what's there, you know, how hard it is to do that. Uh, we do have a danger tree crew. Mm-hmm. That's all they do is go around and, and cut danger trees. Now, I imagine some of identifying those danger trees, if you will, are the crews identify, whether it's our meter techs, whether it's our line That's guys, right. whether it's our apparatus right. folk who are out in the field, happen to see it, yep. note yep. it, and then it— They it, see a leaning tree, they make a ticket, they turn a the ticket in, it's issued to the crew, and then the crew goes out most of the time, takes care of it. If it's, you know, if it involves a customer, say maybe it's in the customer's yard— then, you know, that customer say, hey, I want to talk to the supervisor, and I may go out and talk with them. And, you know, we work out a deal, we get the tree down, and, and we— But our members our members are key to identifying yes. those as well. I yes, mean, they are. I guess what I'm trying to say is if our members are concerned about That's right. a tree, they, they need to let us know. That's right. Because then you or someone can check That's it right. out and then make an assessment from That's there. Right. Because at the end of the day, right away is about— the reliability of the system as a whole in preventing right. outages and being able to safely access it so that That's when right. there is an outage, the crews can restore power as quickly as possible. And, and a clear right-of-way right. helps makes do it, that. That's right. makes it a whole lot safer. And it's just one of uh, several things ORMC is regularly doing to continuously improve the capability, the reliability, and the resiliency of our distribu- power distribution system. That's right. Well, well Roger, I, I thank you for shedding a little light, if you will, on, on what right-of-way is. And, and hopefully our members have a little better understanding of why we do maintain our rights-of-way and that it's to to make everybody's life better in the end by helping either to avoid an outage or get those lights back on sooner. That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.